to Retro Crush, the podcast episode 115-115. Folks, here's a secret for you. Here's the secret for you. Retro Crush, the podcast, is strong enough for a man, but it's made for a woman. And choosy mothers, they choose Retro Crush. So uh, put all those things together because it's kid-tested, mother-approved, Different bites for different likes. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. That that's that's what I'm talking about really here tonight, folks. I I, I hope you've been having a good time. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've last uh, talked to each other, and apologies uh, to those of you uh, who got a, a partial version of our last podcast. Um, some sort of mishap there. I guess I accidentally re-uploaded a. Uh, only like a 13-minute version of it. So some people, but I, I did put a replacement up there. So I, I hope everything's cool. Don't don't want anything to come between us there, because ain't nothing can stand between us. But we had a pretty good show uh, lined up for you today. You know, nothing real heavy. You know, I, I'm not listening. You know, we're gonna be doing some uh, big interview with uh, some you know politician or something like that. You know, we've done that. You know, we already we already talked to the Oscar-winning Al Gore. And Keith Carradine, for that matter. Can you believe that? Two Oscar winners on the Retro Crush podcast. Um, you know, I wonder who's next. I, maybe uh, we'll be getting Martin Scorsese on the phone. Actually, uh, who we do have lined up, I, I, I saw Zodiac uh, a couple days ago. And uh, this is about the Zodiac Killer. And um, this is a, a very famous serial killer. Uh, who uh, was active during the late 60s and early 70s for the most part, and um, probably was never caught. And what makes him uh, special uh, compared to most serial killers, um, his enormous cock. No, that's actually wasn't it. Um, it was the fact that uh, he taunted the police with letters, you know, kind of like a Batman villain in a way. You know how like the Riddler would like say, you know, you're never going to catch me, but here's like this puzzle, so if you can unravel it, Maybe you can stop me from stealing some giant penny or something like that, you know. But but the Zodiac Killer was kind of like that. Uh, he wrote codes, and it, it, some of which have still not been cracked to this day, and uh, sort of t- taunted the police through the mail. Uh, he sent a bloody shirt of one of his victims to the press, uh, San Francisco Chronicle, to kind of uh, you know brag about uh, to show to prove that he was really the guy doing this stuff. 
But uh, really good movie. Not your your typical uh, slasher film, that's for sure. I mean, the killings actually uh, comprise a very small part of this movie. It's not um, one of these movies where they glorify the killing or just kind of rub these sadistic, grainy film stock footage with rock music blaring really loud while you know you're watching somebody getting tortured for 20 minutes. It's not like one of those in the Saw genre, or the hills have eyes, or the the valleys have legs. I don't know all those things, but but Zodiac, very good. It's it's very long. I will admit it's a two hour and forty uh, minute film, and it's jam packed with with uh, research, facts, figures, all this stuff. So in a lot of ways, it's very documentary style. But if you read the book by Robert Graysmith, uh, I think you'll find this is an extremely faithful adaptation of probably one of the best true crime novels uh, written since Truman Capote's uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. So uh, I think uh, you'll really enjoy this a lot. Jake Gyllenhaal is very, very good in it. Um, and uh, not once does he put on a cowboy hat or make out with another man. Disappointingly, but still good besides that. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, is very good in this film. Really stretched for him. He plays a, an alcoholic cocaine addict, but he managed to pull it off. And uh, just some other good people uh, in it as well. So I, I really enjoyed it. It takes, like I said, it takes place in the in the early 70s, late 60s, and it, they just gorgeous attention to detail. Uh, with the San Francisco and Bay Area environments in this, I mean, you see like a, a mail truck just go by that's just like right out of that era, or there's, you know, news trucks and, and radio trucks and police cars that are just totally from that period. Uh, lots of fun little touches. The Coke machines in the newsrooms are, are definitely, you know, early uh, 70s machines there. And so if you're just a, a retro nut, you know, you you really like this stuff. There's just you know, the restaurants they go to. There's all kinds of little. You remember those kind of walls of mirrors that you'd see with sort of the gold marbled paint on them and the dark brown pleather look. I love. There's there's a, actually a a restaurant here in Sacramento called uh, the Pancake Circus, and it's like something right out of that era that's never once been changed. It looks like it's still got all the original dirt in the carpet as well. You know, it's kind of got like a an inch high of syrup, lint, and dandruff, and hobo grease all mixed together. But it still makes it a, an extra special place to go and eat. Uh, I think you'll like it a lot. If you ever come to Sacramento, uh, be happy to take it to the Pancake Circus. Just give me a ring. And uh, provided you pay, I'll be happy to uh, accompany you. And uh, just, you know, just give us a ring. Call the Retro Crush hotline, 916-231-9480 for your pancake or any needs, really. You know, that that that's uh, we'll get to that later because uh, that phone number always plays such a dramatic role in the uh, Retro Crush podcast there. Um, join myself uh, tonight, you know, uh, it's kind of a Thursday night. Be taking it easy tomorrow and... Uh, I, I, I'm taking my dad to an appointment to get his ears cleaned. They're going to blast all this wax out of his ear. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, good Lord, I'm not, actually. That's uh, pretty repulsive sounding. But, um, you know, that's what iPods are for, I guess. You can kind of just tune everything out while you're waiting in the, the room there. But uh, that's uh, the exciting thing I'm looking forward to this weekend. And uh, going fishing. For the first time since I was a teenager, I bought a fishing license and uh, I'm going to go fishing with the kids. But, um, you know, I'm not going to be fishing for fish. No, I'm going to be fishing for man. 
because that is the most dangerous game. Man fishing. <laughs> so I've been, I've been uh, enjoying this this new uh, Captain Morgan's rum. It's kind of inky dark rum, and it's called Tattoo. And uh, it tastes just like Hervé Villachez, actually. It's uh, got kind of a hint of cinnamon to it. Let me see here. A little bit of cinnamon and spice, a little, little bit of uh, everything nice. It's just uh, a little sweet. You know, it's just, it definitely has kind of a hint of Mrs. Buttersworth dumped in it. Um, and it was only eleven ninety nine at the grocery store, so, you know, it makes you think it can't be that premium. But, you know, it's a good, it's a good sipping liquor. And, um, you know, if you, if you like drinking, I think this would be pretty good for you. Um, this doesn't make you want to throw up or anything, you know, and, and I've, you know, it's, uh, what can I say? I like it, is what I can say. That's what I can say all the way through there. So we got a, a good show lined up for you today. I got a lot of fun, crazy commercials to play for you. Kind of doing a commercial, we're on the commercial tip, you know, I'm, I'm kicking it back to the old school. And, uh, you know, I got, I got some fun things to share with you. Just got done watching American Idol, and uh, they just voted off uh, Leslie Hunt. You know, I, I loved this girl. She was great. She's this kind of kind of quirky, little bit spazzy uh, singer. She's got kind of red hair, something not quite, I don't know, what, what it is. there's something just kind of special about her that's just... Kind of extra quirky and funky that that I like, you know. Kind of that, kind of like this crazy hippie chick you'd see singing at a coffee shop. Kind of get that vibe about her there, but it's just crazy. I mean, it's just you know, I, I've this is the first season I've watched American Idol, and um, I can see where people get frustrated with the show at this point because once you turn it over to America to vote, the the, the best people won't win. Um, at all. I mean, we've certainly learned this in our presidential elections, so why should we expect uh, American Idol to be any different? I mean, they've got this freak of a dude named Sanjaya who just smiles like from ear to ear, you know, talks like he's Michael Jackson's zombie clone, and he, and he sings uh, horribly. Here's my impersonation of his last performance. He, I'm stepping out with my baby. I'm stepping out. Oh, he, sorry. I'm stepping out with my baby. Oh, yeah. This is for my grandpa. And, like, this guy keeps going through the cracks. And my wife just shouted in the background, he's cute. He's not a good singer, though. Of course not. He's horrible. But, you know, it just shows you. And then there's, like, this girl who's, like, doing naked pictures on the Internet named Antonella Barba. And I think horny college dudes keep voting for her. Um, she's not even that good looking, really. I mean, she's good looking and sort of like that, you know, cheerleader that, that won't talk to you in high school. And uh, even though you write her letters like every day and slip them in her locker and buy flowers for her and, you know, stand outside of her window and you're holding up your beatbox with like in your eyes playing just like they didn't see anything. And, you know, I'm you know, she, she gets, like, her dad to come out and tell you to get the fuck off their lawn or they're going to call the cops again. You know, remember those kind of girls? That's what she reminds me of. You know, but uh, I've heard about girls like that. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's my American Idol experience uh, so far. You know, I I uh, still like Chris Lye. Yeah, you know, he's probably our, our, our pick so far still, just because of his personality and his singing. But uh, maybe it's anybody's game. I'm getting awful sick though. I I mean, really. I mean, as much as people make fun of Simon Cowell for being mean, he's like the only judge of those three that's even worth a damn. I mean, he tells it like it is. I mean, you know when Simon likes a performer, it's they're actually a good singer, you know, and Paula is just worthless. I mean, she she serves no purpose on that show whatsoever other than to look cute. I mean, I'll admit, I, I still got a thing for Paula. I think she looks good, but I mean, her criticism's like, you know, oh, uh, AJ, you're, that song was beautiful, and, uh, you are beautiful. I, I love that song, and I loved you. You're a great, great human being, and I could just taste the magic after hearing you sing. Um, you know, I, I know you you missed every other word, and you uh, started drooling, and you tripped, and you um, actually sang a different song halfway in, in between there, but it was just so magic, and don't let anybody tell you you suck. You know, it's just like, oh, God, Paula, you know? I mean, you're getting singing advice from from a choreographer that lip syncs. That's a that's really good. Uh, you know, where's Paula's great singing career taken her in the last 15 years? You know, I think she's been uh, in a big dry spell since Cold Hearted Snake. My wife keeps inter- interrupting me and, and and sticking up for people. I I, I should have had an alternative version of this podcast, but she just wanted me to remind you all that she's very nice and she's the only person that's nice to people on that show. And if it weren't for her, it would just be a giant mean festival. So, yeah, obviously, that's her purpose on the show. I guess so all the people who are extra nice can have somebody to identify with. I, I You know, that's Paula's job. Now, Randy's job, I mean, this guy's got, like, two comments, you know. He's like, yo, dog, yo, dog, oh, dog, that song was too big for you, dog. Oh, dog, kind of pitchy. Kind of pitchy, dog. But, uh, you know, you brought it, dog. Yeah, dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I play bass for Journey. You know, dog. I, uh, you know, Steve Perry was singing Open Arms, dog. Oh, man, dog. He, he wasn't pitchy, dog. Jeez, you know. But, you know, I have to say, the three of them together, it's kind of like, you know, uh, a good, it's like bacon, lettuce, and tomato. You know, separately, aside from bacon, maybe they don't taste that good, but together they do. You know, bacon makes lettuce edible. Bacon makes tomato edible. Um, you can't have the lettuce or tomato by themselves, unless you're a rabbit or you know you like eat healthy food or something. But t- together, the three, Simon, Paula. And Randy are, are the bacon, lettuce, and tomato of the television world. So, uh, enough talk about American Idol. By the way, I really like Lost this week also. But we're just talking about all the... Li- you would hardly know this was Retro Crush, the podcast. You know, I mean, Retro is pretty much stuff that happened three hours ago, I guess, this episode. But I really enjoyed uh, Lost this week as well. It was kind of a nice, sweet episode without a lot of a lot of heavy stuff going on or crazy cryptic code bullshit. You know, it was just a good bunch of friends, good dialogue, just just good episode. You know, Hurley Hurley starting up an old Volkswagen bus on the on the island there. That was some good stuff. 
So uh let let's get on with the commercials. Yes, I've got some some great vintage and, and some not so vintage commercials that I like to um play for y'all. First up, we we've got a uh, a classic commercial that was uh really big in the 70s and 80s uh for Tidy Bowl. Introducing new improved Tidy Bowl. Now, we didn't dare change Tidy Bowl's extra strength formula with chlorine. It still helps clean and deodorize your bowl automatically every time you flush. Now, before the rest of this commercial plays, uh, if you don't recall, um, the Tidy Bowl was this uh, blue goo that you put in your toilet bowl so that when you flushed your toilet, it would make blue stuff swirl around. And if you peed in it while it was blue, it would turn green. So it taught you a lot about colors when you were a kid. And uh, it, for you ladies, if it was that time of the month for you, it might turn purple. So it was taught you a lot about color mixing. But um, the Tidy Bowl Man was this little tiny one-inch high guy that lived in your toilet uh, tank. And he drove around in a speedboat. So uh, he had a pretty shitty life uh, in a lot of ways. No pun intended there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd sell you about this great new blue stuff that would that would gush around in your toilet. So uh, here's the rest of the Tidy Bowl commercial. It still leaves the water a clear, fresh blue, and it's still harmless to skin, pets, and septic tanks. Introducing Tidy Bowl's new plastic bottle. It was the only way to improve it. Oh, by the way, how do you like the new book? You know, they, they said that uh, in that commercial that Tidy Bowl is harmless to pets, uh, but I filled up a fish tank with that stuff. They all died. And, um, you know, I, I, I used to feed my dog uh, a bowl of Tidy Bowl. Well, I didn't. I mean, I fed it to him once. And, um, man, he, like, turned into some mutant Tidy Bowl blue killer dog demon thing. And he came up to me and he said, Robert. How dare you unlock the evil that lies within me? And, you know, naturally, I was only like eight years old, and I said, Oh, I'm so sorry, Fido. And and he said, It's okay, just think twice before you do such stuff like this. What are you, dumb or something? And I, and I said, like, hey, don't don't call me dumb. And, and, and then he, like, flew away on a cloud of rainbows. <laughs> Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy growing up in the Berry family, I tell you. Well, here's our next commercial. It's um, for York Peppermint Patties. And um, this was my favorite. I was so happy to find this on YouTube. Um, it, it made my day. Get the sensation. When I eat a York Peppermint Patty... Hmm. I get the sensation of being in a forest, and the only thing I hear, honey, is the dew dropping off the cool green leaves. <laughs> get the sensation from Peter Paul. Man, that lady had it going on in that commercial. I used to love that. I used to pretend to. I used to reenact that commercial to my friends. You know, when we you remember, like when you'd play that game where you'd all sit in a circle and then you'd spin a bottle, and if the bottle landed on you, you had to say what your favorite commercial was. Uh, well, I only played that game with myself because um, I didn't have much friends. But um, yeah, I mean, when she would just go like, 
that do dropping off the cool green leaves. <laughs> that that was great. I mean, she she had so much joy inside of her about that York peppermint patty. Um, it was unbelievable. But I believed it actually. I truly believed it. Um, cause she knew the power of the secret. So, uh, here's, uh, another one here for a special kind of gum. You know, this, uh, double mint gum is what I'm talking about, folks. Double dipping, double dipping, double jumping for a double score. Double your pleasure with Double Mint Gum. Double good, double fresh, double delicious. Double good, double good, double mint gum. Double your pleasure with Double Mint Gum. You know, I, I, that's a good commercial for the most part, but it, it kind of has some false advertising because it says the single most favorite double in the world is Double Mint Gum. And I can think of a lot of doubles that would be better than double mint gum. I mean, like uh, double ball licking from double uh, sets of twins. That would be pretty good. Or maybe um, double bubble bubble gum is better than double mint. And the thing is, you know, double mint gum's not that minty. It's got like a weird taste to it. it, it, it trust me on this. You, you get a piece of double mint gum. And it tastes like maybe half mint, really. Double mint, like, you know, double ancient Russia mint, you know, that's not up to American mint standards. Maybe I, I'd buy that. But, you know, double mint? No. Maybe barely one mint. So, uh, you know, I think that's why their their sales have suffered uh, as a result. You know, I mean, juicy fruit gum? I've never tasted a fruit in my life that tasted like juicy fruit gum. I mean, if I bit into an apple and it tasted like juicy fruit gum, I'd be like, oh, man, you put gum in my apple. You know, it doesn't taste like fruit. So it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, in fact, my buddy uh, Steve from thesneeze.com, great, greatest site uh, the world has ever seen, by the way, um, you know, he brought up an interesting thing about how cinnamon candy doesn't really taste like cinnamon. I mean, if you get like a cinnamon stick, for example, you get it around the holidays usually to stir up in your apple cider. Or when you're a kid, maybe you chew on it to pretend like it's a cigar to impress the, the ladies down the street. But uh, cinnamon in nature tastes nothing like cinnamon, the candy. You, know, you have a hot tamale candy, for example. That doesn't taste like hot tamales. You know, which would be kind of weird if they had a chewable candy that was like beans and cheese with spices in it. But, you know, as a kid, you grow up thinking things are going to taste a certain way based on the candies that you eat. You know? Like, uh, you know, you eat Three Musketeers as a candy, and then, <laughs> then you find them in real life. Nothing like nougat at all. Or a Butterfinger. You eat the Butterfinger candy bar, but if you dip your finger in butter and, and, and put it in your mouth, not even close at all. I mean, a peanut butter cup, you know, that that at least is in the realm of something that's, that's about right. Because there's peanut butter in it. Granted, it's like, you know, peanut butter 
infused with like enough sugar to rot your teeth out. Um, which, by the way, those commercials crazy. I mean, you have a guy walking down the street with a jar of peanut butter, just eating it. I mean, you ever seen that ever in your life? Just somebody walking down the street eating peanut butter out of a jar? I mean, if you saw that, you'd feel like you had to hit the guy. What the hell are you, you walking down the street eating peanut butter for? And you know, you, he can't share that jar with anybody else because he's already dipped, he double dipped into the jar after that second bite, so he's wasted the whole jar with his unsanitary peanut butter eating uh, craziness there. Uh, and then you got the normal dude walking down the street with his chocolate bar. Now both of these guys, you know, they aren't they aren't watching what they're doing. I mean, the the guy eating the chocolate bar is so into his chocolate bar, uh, he's just oblivious or bolivious, as some people say that are stupid, uh, to what's going on around him. And then you got a guy eating peanut butter walking down the street. Again, he's bolivious to the world. And they bump into each other, and the one guy says, "You got your chocolate in my peanut butter." And it's almost going to come to blows. But then the other guy points out, well, hey, dude, you got your peanut butter on my chocolate. And then, you know, at this point, most normal people are going to go, you know, like asshole and walk away. But these guys, I mean, think about it. The guy at the chocolate bar is walking down the street and he sees this guy double dipping in his peanut butter jar. And he crashes into him, and he, and he gets his chocolate bar in there. What's his reaction? He pulls the chocolate bar out of the jar, covered with this this sick jerk's spit-covered peanut butter, and he eats it. And he says, delicious! I don't know if it was his spit that made it delicious, or if it was just the chocolate and peanut butter, but he says it's delicious nonetheless. And then the guy with the jar of peanut butter... Oh yeah, he takes the uh, already eaten off chocolate and pops that in his mouth. Both of them getting hepatitis at this point. And uh, they team up and go run to the Reese's factory and make a candy that we've, we've loved today. If that's the way they make that candy, I don't think we should be buying it. That's that's all I'm saying. So, anyway. Let, let's move on to some other commercials. Um... I think we've we've uh, explored the uh, mythos of the peanut butter cup too much, but oh, no, we haven't. Uh, let's let's backtrack here. Have you ever had those white chocolate peanut butter cups? Ugh! It's like you're eating like a a giant hillbilly cyst or something. Disgusting. Um, aren't you glad I, I added that? All right. Well, here is a uh, a commercial for a store. From back east, I believe it's called Moo and Oink. By by the way, folks, I, I'm pausing my podcast sometimes because I'm getting interrupted. My wife just came in here; she was listening to me in the kitchen, and she's got a jar of peanut butter in her hand and and a, and a piece of chocolate, and she just recreate. That's okay if if you're making your own recreation of the peanut butter cup invention incident. You know, a, a day as famous in American history as when Ben Franklin discovered electricity with a kite. Uh, it's okay, I guess, if it's your own, but I'm not eating out of that peanut butter jar again, by the way. Um, we don't get real peanut butter at our house, by the way. We get, you know, like how most people get, like, Jif or Skippy. 
You know, or even maybe that Laura Scudder stuff. I don't mind that because it gets like oil at the top of it. But like my wife gets like this stuff from like the 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 hippie natural food store where you like you actually dump the peanuts into this peanut grinding machine and then it just comes out. It looks like a, a big peanut turd that goes into a Chinese food box container. And it's like it's really hard. It doesn't spread very well. But it tastes extra good. It's it does have the whole goodness of the peanut. Uh, but yeah, it's not. That's not. You know, if it's cold, that's that's okay. By the way, there's there's a bone of contention we have in our marriage. I come from the school of thought that you don't need to put peanut butter in the refrigerator. Uh, my wife comes from the school of thought that if peanut butter is left out of the refrigerator for five minutes, then it will go rancid. And um, you know, basically, our uh, peanut butter ends up the consistency of like. Spackle or Bondo that you like patch up old cars with. So, you know, you, you like dig this chunk of peanut butter out of the jar and you spread it on your bread and it just tears the bread in half. Our kids' sandwiches are, are horrible looking. They look they look like some some guy that got hit by a train. They're like all torn apart and splattered all over in the bag. My son, like, he looks at his, his sandwich and he just, like, he cries. He's like, do I really got to eat this, Dad? And, I, and I, I say, yeah, son, that's good for you. And then, like, I slip him, like, a dollar so he could buy lunch at school. So he could actually eat something good. But we... we, we <laughs> I know, I, I got so bad. You know how, like, some guys, like, might have porn hidden somewhere so they could look at a Playboy? Well, I guess you don't do that anymore with the Internet. That's kind of stupid, huh? But, uh, you know, or maybe somebody got a secret stash. I actually bought a, a can of Jif peanut butter and hid it behind some books in my office so I can get real peanut butter when I want it. <laughs> and then, like, the kids saw it. They're like, what's that, Dad? I'm like, shh, don't tell your mother. It's our little secret. And they told, they always tell, they act like it's, like, cool to tell on me. Like, Mom... Dad let us watch eight hours of TV today and let us play the PlayStation and took us to the movies and we ate ice cream for dinner. I'm like, oh, all right, kids, I'll be sure to line that fun day up for you next time. <laughs> you know, but, oh, well. Well, uh, this has been a big podcast about a lot of nothing, but I hope you enjoy it. Um, anyway, we've got Moo and Oink. That's what we were. Moo and Oink. This is a, a uh, commercial from a... Uh, a meat company grocer from Chicago, Illinois, a grocery store chain. And this is a, a pretty fun commercial from 1982. Tommy likes ribs and chicken wings. If you like you, let me hear you scream. Wave for catfish. Scream for ribs. Wow. If you wanted ribs or catfish, that's a place you gotta go. Well, if you thought that locally produced commercial was fantastic, where do you hear this? I was minding my own business. Um eating food and finger licking today and I, I got a uh, an email from 
from Salty Jenny, Jenny Ryan, uh, and she said, you know, Robert, you got to check out this video from YouTube. And I'm like, oh, not again. You know, it's like you're, you're, you know, like a MySpace buddy gone awry. But uh, I checked it out out of, uh, you know, out of respect. And, uh, oh, my God, it was great. This is a guy named, uh, I forget his name. It's this uh, dude named Sammy Stevens from uh, Montgomery, Alabama. And he has a special furniture store. And um, as he'll tell you, it's it's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh, yeah. You can find them at the market. We're talking about flea market. Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Oh, yeah. Come shop with us. I said flea market. Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Hey, hey. You heard me. Come shop. Living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes. We got it, got it. You need it. You'll find it. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Mini mall. Hey, hey. You heard me. Come shop. I said flea market. Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Hey, hey. Living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh, yeah. You can find them at the market. We're talking about flea market. Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Hey, hey, don't stop. Let's make it a dance. Come on now. To the left, to the right. Let's do this dance. Hey, to the left, to the right. Let's make this a dance. Flea market. Montgomery. It keeps you jumping. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Check it out now. Everybody like this now. Hey, hey. Montgomery, it's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Don't stop, let's dance. Flea market, Montgomery, it's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Let's bring it on down now. Oh yeah, I know you're gonna like this. Come on now. It's just like, you know what to say. It's just like, you know what I mean. It's just like, you know it. So why don't you just come on and say it? It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Wow, that that's one of the best uh, commercials I've ever heard in my life. Well, you know, it's um about time for our uh, for our most uh, beloved feature. Ask Robert, ask Robert, ask Robert all kinds of questions. Well, yes, uh, we've got some voicemails uh, with some questions and comments. And, and you can always call 916-231-9480 and leave some yourself. Uh, I mentioned to you all that I liked hearing from um, from you and getting these. And I got quite a bit of them from last episode. So without further ado... Here they are. Hey, Robert Barry, how you doing? It's your buddy Matt from Delaware. Um, you know, I'm sort of your buddy through because I'm your big fan. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm your buddy. As far as you, you're concerned, I'm your East Coast stalker. But 
Um, the reason I'm calling is when you had, I don't know, up on your website, a notice about Retrocush, the book, coming in 2007. Something about that font you used stuck with me, and I had realized not too long ago that it's because it's almost the same font that Intellivision used, Mattel Electronics, um, great video game rival of Atari, uh, only to be, you know, to meet its doom at uh, ColecoVision and those good Ataris and pretty much everything else. But I was a big Intellivision fan, and actually just seeing that got me thinking about the old Intellivision, and I actually ended up wasting a lot of time writing little capsule reviews of all of my Intellivision games. And then I stopped and said, wait a minute, I should not be wasting my time writing these little reviews. Robert Berry should be wasting his time writing these reviews, and I should be reading them. So I wondered if you had given any thought to the great Intellivision uh, console, if you knew about it, if you were writing anything about it. Um, hey, maybe something about Odyssey, too. What the hell? You know, we always figure that uh, Atari grabs all the headlines, and um, I would just love to see the Robert Berry Retro Crush take on Intellivision. Thank you so much for everything you do. Uh, Retro Crush is easily my favorite website. Fire it up all the time, and uh, big fan of you. I will uh, hopefully get to meet you and chat to you, with you one of these days, and I'll be less of a stalker and more of a close stalker. Goodbye. Well, that's kind of like that Eminem song, Stan, where we should be together there. But, uh, hey, you know, uh, thanks for the, the call, by the way, Matt. Um, you know, I, I was an Atari guy. I had the Atari when it first came out. And uh, I remember thinking the Intellivision people were kind of elitist pricks. I mean, I, we enjoyed our Ataris, you know, and my buddies all had Ataris. And I remember the, the George Plimpton did these commercials that was kind of like, you know, here's this Atari, and here's the beautiful graphics from an Intellivision, and here's how football looks on Atari, and here's how it looks on Intellivision. Like, the whole time it was just pretty much like, if you have an Atari, you're an ignorant piece of shit. And so I was kind of jaded against it for that. You know, you felt inferior for having an Atari because of this guy. But my buddy Bill got an Intellivision, Bill Emery, and uh, he got pretty much every major system that ever came out. I have to say, I was not a fan of the system. It had some good games in it, a little bit better than Atari games from time to time. Uh, They never really got any good uh, arcade adaptations that were very fun. But uh, the main thing I hated was the controller. I mean, the Atari had this, like, solid black joystick with the red button you could hold in your hand and just totally abuse it and just manhandle this thing. Whereas the uh, Intellivision controller was like this, like disc that you put your thumb on, and just into the you get this really sore thumb playing, rubbing this disc around everywhere. So, thumbs down on the Intellivision system, folks. Odyssey Two uh, was not all that good either, by the way. It had one of the worst joysticks I've ever played in my life. So, anyway, those are those are my thoughts on uh, Intellivision, there, Matt. Um, I'll let you write those great Intellivision uh, capsule reviews. Hey, Robert. Uh, just thanks in this nice podcast after the uh, after the uh, hiatus. Oh, I just wanted to say that I really, really enjoy the uh, singing and, uh, well, what I would hope to be dancing that you do uh, with your one-man band. And I would just love to know when we can start uh, downloading the full versions of your songs. Well, um, you know, that's something I, I may record a full album someday. Um, 
you know, lot, lots involved in, in doing such things like that, like working and trying and, and, and trying hard. You know, things I, I generally have an aversion to, but I may take it under to consideration there. Hey, Robert, what's going on? Hey, this is Robin Florida. Just want to say I love the site. I always go to it every day. Brings back a lot of memories. Me and you are on the same page on a lot of things. Hey, keep up the good work, and uh, I'll definitely keep supporting you guys. Well, thanks. I, I will keep up the good work um, because you asked. I was planning on uh, doing fair to Midland work, but uh, you've inspired me. I appreciate the uh, the advice there. Hey, Robert. This is that crazy Southern Baptist from Georgia. Uh, I want to say that I'm listening to your latest show. I think it's 114. Uh, it's really good. I just was calling to let you know. Hope your headache's going to take care of itself. And, uh, you know, if you need time off, you've earned it. Uh, but there are just plenty of people out here that really enjoy your podcasts. Uh, I want to encourage you to just keep them up. And, you know, if you don't feel like it's good quality, don't broadcast it. But if you think, what the hell, hey, broadcast it, I'll still listen to it. Uh, I enjoy a good time. I wish I could do something to uh, return the favor to you and the little, a little bit of the enjoyment that you've given me. I believe you're writing a book. I'm really looking forward to that. I'll, be, I'll pre-order it from wherever you and be one of the, uh, the first persons to read it, and then I'll call and uh, tell you how it's crap. No. But I hope you feel better. I'm looking forward to your next podcast whenever you get around to it. Have a good one. Well, thanks, John the Baptist. It's really good to hear from you again, and uh, I'll be definitely uh, working hard on that book this year. My goal is to have it out by uh, October, and uh, I'm going to keep this thing reasonably priced. You know, My goal is to have this book be less than $10. You know, and I hope to have a scratch and sniff cover. Um, it's going to be a pop-up book, and it might also have um, 3D hologram glow-in-the-dark puzzle stickers inside, if all goes well. So uh, we got uh, one more uh, voicemail here from Audrey, not Brenda. Uh, Audrey and her uh, husband, I, I met them at the uh, Trash Film Orgy uh, thing that we had on February 17th, and I... Unfortunately, mistakenly referred to her as being named Brenda. I thanked uh, her for uh, for getting to meet her and her husband there. Hi there, Barry uh, Robert Barry. This is uh, Audrey, uh, my husband. I met you the other night at um, Bucket of Blood, uh, my bloody Valentine movie. Uh, we had a really great time. Um, you can call me Brenda if you want. That's okay. Um, I also wanted to let you know about this movie. If you've seen it or not, it's called The Last. Skeleton of Cadavra, and it's a really funny movie. It's a 2004 movie by TriStar Pictures. Um, it's uh, kind of a mock, mock, mock movie of uh, the old horror movies, and we've watched it several times, and we just laugh and laugh. So um, it was very good to meet you, and we're looking forward to your next event, and we'll see you there. Oh, P.S., keep up the good singing. Bye. Oh, thanks. What a, what a nice, sweet message to get there. And uh, we'll wrap things up with uh, this bizarre voicemail that came through. Somebody's a flamer. Hello. Yo, what's up, dude? I don't care. I don't need a lot. Family down here. What's up, Why, why do they... What? 
All right, guys, shut up, shut up. I gotta, I gotta do this. What's up, Robert? This is Greg. I listen to your podcast every day. It's amazing. Now, yes, um, my little sister's walking on my back. Yeah, she's sister's walking so on her sexy. back. Uh, yeah, you are. On. CJ, do your Billy voice. He's gonna walk on my back and make it feel better. Oh, Billy! Shut oh. up. <laughs> I'm eating Daniel Boone, and I like laughing taffies. Well, you know, it's nice to know that Daniel Boone likes Laffy Taffy. Uh, that's for sure there. Well, thanks uh, thanks again for listening, and thanks again for calling. You, you can check out uh, our website at RetroCrush.com. Got got some good new features there since we've last spoke. Uh, I've got one called, it's the uh, 25 Greatest American Black Pop Culture Characters of All Time. we got Apollo Creed, George Jefferson, Fat Albert, John Shaft, and Buckwheat. They're all in there. Go check it out at RetroCrush.com. You can call the RetroCrush hotline, 916-231-9480. Visit the uh, RetroCrush MySpace page. It's MySpace.com slash RetroCrush. And uh, you know what? I'm looking at this right now. And it says I've got some new friend requests. And um, six new people I'm adding here. Uh, Sir Elton, you're added on my list. Uh, we got... Uh, JoeChan.org and uh, Lauren and Ella oh. and uh, Pepper somebody somebody named Pepper you know she's hot uh, they're now all added officially to my list see it's just that easy you could be one of my internet buddies that I, I mean never meet in real life or, or ever talk to or care about for that matter but you could be one of uh, the many folks on my list so uh, please, please validate my existence and go to MySpace and add me to your uh, list there. I'm going to leave you here today with a, uh, a special uh, clip of an upcoming CD, uh, Red Man. Uh, he's a rapper uh, who goes by the name Red Man. And um says here, Red Gone Wild, the album, is coming out March 27th. With productions by Eric Sermon, Scott Storch, Timbaland, Rockwilder, and special appearances by Red's cousin, Method Man of the Wu-Tang Clan. So anyway, Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg, um, I think um, Scooby-Doo also, and Biz Marquee. Wow, pretty pretty good uh, good uh, lineup there. Biz Marquee's on it. But uh, this is a song clip that we're going to leave you with you know I, I can't say I like a lot of newer rap but I, you know that when the press guy sent me this I thought it was pretty pretty cool sounding so without further ado this is Red Man's Put It Down um, I think it's called yes Put It Down so uh, well, I'm a regular Casey Kasem with my smooth intros there aren't I hope you like this and uh, we will get back with you shortly um, I'll be checking out the movie 300 next week, and so I'll be letting you know uh, what we thought of that as well. So, here we are. Red Man's Put It Down. Oh, oh. Hey, yo, you good killer. Red Man got five killer. Shots to ring your hood when I'm high killer. Quavo, husking up my liver Shots from the cameras on my liver Girl from drunk, so I'll jump around with her I step inside 
I watch 